Hey everybody, what's up? It's Will with Schedulefly, and I'm really excited today. Uh, I've got Nick Tedeschi on the phone, and Nick is one of the first folks, as I've mentioned, um, that it, you know in our Restaurant Owners and Cork series, it's not an owner. We're, we're looking forward to talking to some folks that that are not owners but love what they do or great at what they do and whose owners highly recommend <laughs> that they're the folks within their organization we speak <coughs> to. So uh, Nick is the head brewer at the Post Brewing Company in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, the Post is part of Big Red F Restaurant Group, which is a phenomenal group out in, uh, out, well, I would say Boulder, but in Denver as well and several areas there. And uh, and Nick is just is phenomenal at his craft he's got a lot of passion for it and we're just going to dive right into it so nick thanks for taking the time today of course thanks for having me on i'm really really uh, excited about it so well give me some backstory man you're the head brewer there like where how did you get into the the business were you in the restaurant business prior did you brew your own beer or what happened uh both and um so a little bit about me i'm from connecticut originally um i moved out here about eight years ago, a little close to eight years ago. I always worked front of house. I worked in a restaurant um, serving back in Connecticut. And when I moved out here, I almost immediately got a job at uh, Zolo Grill, which is a big red F restaurant uh, right in Boulder, Southwestern food. Um, Yeah, I've got a job serving there. Um, I've always been into beer. I've always loved drinking beer. I mean, who doesn't? Um, But my dad was always a home brewer. So when I was like 13, 14, I started home brewing with him. So I always kind of had it in the back of my mind that I'd love to do something with beer. Um, so after the three years at Zolo, um, Dave Query, uh, owner of Big Red F, announced he was opening a fried chicken restaurant and brewery. Um, so I pounced on that. There was no way they were keeping me out of that place. So <laughs> when that when the original Post Brewing Company opened in Lafayette in January of 2014, I was part of the opening crew, started as a bartender. Uh, our original brewmaster there was kind of doing everything himself for the first few months. And then they needed to bring someone on to do uh, cellar work, which is basically, you know, kegging beer, cleaning tanks, filtering beer, everything in, in a brewery, but actually producing the beer um, and then sales and then deliveries. So I think with my front of house experience helped a lot being able to sell it. Um, and then just my love of, you know, making beer from doing it with my dad when I was a teenager um, I picked up on the production side of it pretty quick. So I did wore all of those hats for one year. And then they eventually asked me if I wanted to pursue sales full-time or production full-time. Um, and I chose production. Um, glad I did. I've worked, I worked there for four years and then, uh, we just recently, um, opened up a brewery in Boulder. So I've since transferred over here and I'm the head brewer here. I run this show throughout my, I'm, 16 years of working um it's always been with a restaurant attached so i worked front of house for about 11 years and then for the past about five years even though i'm working in the brewery i still have uh you know a restaurant attached i'm still doing free shifts um i'm i don't know i i really like that aspect of it i like telling my staff and talking to my staff about beer and how they can sell it it's just it's cool I like working in restaurants, so I'm glad I'm able to make beer while working in a restaurant. Yeah, it's a perfect mix for you, man. I can tell. What? What? Um, yeah. How did you wind up out in Colorado? Um, you know, small town Connecticut. I'm from a town called Mystic. Um, oh yeah, I've heard of the movie Mystic Pizza. Sure, it's a com- coming of age tale of three young women. 
uh, starring Julia Roberts. Breakthrough role for Julia Roberts, by the way. She yeah. She huge after that. So I'm from that tiny little town. Um, it's right on the water. There's really not much to do professionally in that town. Um, it's close to Boston. It's close to New York. But I don't know. I was I had an adventurer's mind and an adventurer's heart, and I wanted to kind of explore the country a little bit, and I wanted to change. So when I got to the mountains, that was a big change from the ocean, and they just kind of sucked me in a little bit. Um, I think what really, really got me was when I was driving across country, I had a friend who lived in Denver, finally got to Denver, and it was first week of November, and he's like, let's go for a hike. And it was probably 78 degrees. So I was going on a hike in November in shorts and a T-shirt. And I was, you know, I, I could get used to that. So I think that's one reason why I uh, stuck out here too. Nice, nice. How yeah. did, no, so you started at Zolo. Did you, did you ask around? Because I, I asked this because you're part of a just a phenomenal, phenomenal organization. I have a ton of respect for Big Red F. And we've been doing this at Schedule Fly a long time. I've, I've you know, worked with a lot of folks, interviewed a lot of folks, met a lot of owners, Tons of respect for Dave. Love what y'all are doing as an organization. So, you, you, I mean, was that just by luck, or were you asking around, or how did that happen? Um, I'd say a little bit of both. So when I moved here, you know, I, I was like, oh, I want to do something with beer. So I applied to a couple breweries just for serving jobs or whatever. Mountain Sun. Uh, at the time, the Walnut Tavern was still open, so there. Um, I, I was looking in Boulder. But then I was also looking for serving jobs, too. And... Uh, I had a friend of a friend who knew someone's cousin's uncle who worked at Zolo. Um, so they got me an interview. Uh, when I went in, the uh, GM at the time, uh, her name was Katie. She had spent two years living in Mystic. Uh, so we just like hit it off. Like Very random that I would meet someone who lived in my hometown for two years and taught at uh, the, the high school across town for a year so we hit it off really quickly um and then yeah it was just you know circumstance that i got the job there i probably uh, you know i turned down a, a third interview with mountain sun so who knows what that, that would have led me down but um the second i started working at zolo it just kind of felt like home the, the there's a culture that figure it F's created in all of its restaurants where it i mean I know it sounds tacky and cliche, but the F stands for family, and it, it was really much like a family there. Uh, just a great, hardworking culture that, um, you know, everyone hung out together and a- everyone spent time outside of work together. And I think that culture right there is kind of what what sucked me in. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, okay, so you you've made your way here. You're now the head brewer there uh, at the Post. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you? I gathered, I gathered a little bit of this, but tell me, I mean, what is it that really just, what gets you fired up? Like, what do you get really excited about with what you do on a daily basis? Uh, what gets me fired up on a daily basis, and it has since I've started at Bigger Depth, is um, just having the full support of management and ownership. Like, I know Dave has my back in everything. Hmm. Um Anything that goes wrong or any issues I'm having, I know I can go to him and I'm going to be heard, uh, respected. Um, there's just there, there's a sense of your company having your back. Yeah. And again, it, it plays into that whole family thing. Um, it, it is like family. It's like, you know, for Dave, one of, someone from one of his restaurants is, you know, has issues or concerns or anything. It's uh, 
he, he views it as, you know, probably one of his children um, having an issue. He, it's it, it's a very familiar um, family-like vibe to it. Um, yeah. and, and what really gives gets me fired up is I know I have that support, and with that support comes a tremendous amount of trust and freedom. Um, I, I have a lot of freedom, and I've been given a lot of trust in my position um, throughout my years with Big Red F. Um, so, I mean, that gets me super amped. That makes me work really hard. Um, you know, it, it's a sense of holding yourself accountable. And I felt that front of house, and I also feel that in the brewery, too. Yeah, you know, there's a um, there's a book I read a few years ago. I really enjoyed it. It's called Drive, and um, it's about what motivates people. And the short version is it's three things that this guy believes really are what are the key motivators for people <clears throat> in their careers, which is autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And yeah. you've just articulated that you have all three of those, which is, I mean, just kind of nails it. And I think big red f has really figured that out uh, yeah i think auto- autonomy is a huge one it's like yeah I've, you know all of the employees of big red f we were given this platform um to express ourselves creatively um you know be leaders everyone's given the opportunity to be a leader and you know there's a lot of trust that comes with that and you know the people who want that autonomy get it um there's there's a huge amount of freedom here yeah so, okay, so I was actually, it was just a couple of days ago, I was with my dad and we were um, out, and we we're in North Carolina, we were in Raleigh, and um, there's just a lot of a lot of breweries there, a lot of microbreweries, and oh, yeah, they're tons. all over the place, and there's a ton where you are, there's a ton everywhere now. Um, I know, North Carolina just recently blew up over the past, like, 10 years. And, it, it's uh, nuts. The, I think one of the main reasons is the water there is so great, um, there's great brewing water there. Um, so you don't have to do too much treatment to your water. Okay, I was going to ask. I mean, particularly Asheville's because it's going crazy. Um, yeah, Asheville's great, and it's a you know it's centralized on the East Coast, so it's a good hub. You know, New Belgium opened a place out there. Yep. Um, it, it, a nice centralized East Coast hub. Um, so you know, if you have big distribution arm, you're able to reach New England. You're also able to reach Florida. Chicago's not too far west. So yeah, North Carolina's cool. Well, one thing I want to ask you about is we were sitting there saying, how do all these places, how do they all make it? I mean, there's just so many. And I think a lot of it's that a lot of, you know, they're not just brewing beer now. They're brewing beer and they have a restaurant attached and you can go hang out there. And we got a bunch of them here in Charlotte, not far from me. Yeah. Um, but uh, tell me about that. I mean, what, what do you do to separate yourself? I mean, I'm sure that there's sort of a rising tide lifts all boats mentality where you guys support each other and want others to do well. But then again, you you do have a ton of competition. So I'm just curious your thoughts on that. It is. And I mean, you know, it's everywhere in the country. Uh, sadly around here lately, there've been a lot of brewery closures. Oh really? Um, some that were, you know, around for 20 years and some that have only been around three or four years. Um, I think what really sets us apart and, you know, not just us, but any successful brewery around here, um, is just your story. And, you know, being, being really aligned uh, with what you're putting out and what your story is. You know, any, uh, anybody could really make a beer and put it out, but you got to be able to tell a story with that. Um, you know, there's this very common mentality of, you know, there's a brewery. These two guys or gals quit their nine to five day jobs to open up a brewery because it was their passion that, you know, there's been 
thousands of those now. That that's not enough now. Mm-hmm. Um, you you need to build a following beyond that. Um, I think what helps for us is we are a restaurant group. Big Red F primarily does restaurants, and at this point, we have four post brewing companies, two of which brew beer. Um, but but we have a very clear concept. It's fried chicken and easy drinking beer. Yeah, beer and food that pair really well together. Um, and you know the story of comfort food and comfort beer. Um, I think really resonates with people. Um, so, you know, j- just having a little something beyond, you know, we're just going to open a brewery and see how it goes. Cause right now there's just so many of those. Um, yeah. So w- we've found success, um, with the brew pub model. Um, and, and that's another aspect of it. A lot of the breweries that have closed are, you know, just, uh, micro breweries, yeah. whereas brew pubs are actually a little more successful because we do have this front of house component, um, this restaurant side that, you know, can support the brewery in those first few years because it's hard. There's, you know, a lot of options for people um, and a, everyone's trying to do something to stand out. So yeah. I think coming into the game, like if you were to open a brewery, you've got to have your mission statement. You've got to have your story. Um Otherwise, other people are going to tell your story for you, and it might not be the one that you want told about you. So that's kind of where we've succeeded is, you know, having a clear vision um, and just really, really sticking to that. Yeah, for sure. How's the chicken there? I bet it's phenomenal. <laughs> it's, cr- it's crazy good. So before they opened the first one, uh, DQ, along with a few others, Smitty, our executive chef, you know, they traveled all over. They went to uh, KC, they went to Austin, they went to Nashville, and they were just hitting up all the chicken joints. Um, and then we, you know, landed on this really, really good chicken. Um, it turns out it's gluten-free. Um, it wasn't intended to be made gluten-free, no. but when, when we did the, all the taste tests, uh, flour has a, uh, the, the gluten in the flour is actually really rubbery. And to get that really, you know, you know crispy, crunchy fried chicken, uh, quality, you actually don't want there to be any gluten in there. So we use a gluten-free flour, um, and we have pressure cookers that look like, you know, you're entering a submarine. you got to, like, turn down the freaking crank on it. Um, the pressure fryers cook them perfectly. Um, so you got a freaking plate of perfect fried chicken. What else would you want than, like, an easy drinking beer with that? Or three easy drinking beers with that. No, I hear you, man. I'm with you 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah, we have a lot of fried chicken and beer around here in, in the Carolinas for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I can relate, man. Um, I've got my mouth watering just thinking about that. Um, I'll mail. I can mail you some. It's almost. <laughs> it's almost better the day after the cold chicken. Oh, so good. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. If it sits in the fridge overnight, no, I hear you, man. Um, yeah. No doubt about it. So uh, okay. So what is the? These are some of the things you really love about it. What's the most challenging thing about what you do? Um, the most challenging thing, you know, like you just said, staying relevant uh, with the craft beer scene, you know, it's, it's tricky out here. You you can get, you know, really popular for a minute there. And then, you know, four new breweries pop up and one of them's doing some really, you know, fucking out there shit that catches the eye. Um, so I I think just staying relevant as a brewery while still staying true, um, to the morals, you know, we make comfort beer, you know, pushing that seeing how far we can push that, you know, making a hot bursted malt liquor, uh, is definitely pushing that a little bit. Uh, we, we want people to come in here and feel comfortable and not challenged, but you got to kind of challenge people sometime, uh, with, 
with the beer and be like, I know your concept of a malt liquor is a 40 of OE or King yeah. Cobra, um, but all it is at its heart is a strong corn lager. We decided to, you know, go super heavy-handed on the hops. It's basically an IPA, but it, it's just kind of staying relevant in ways like that and having fun uh, while still kind of staying within the comfort beer, easy drinking parameters. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, there's so many breweries out here. I think just staying relevant is probably one of the biggest challenges. And then another challenge for us is, you know, we are a restaurant run by a restaurant group that has a brewery attached. So a lot of the people that we have coming in here, um, a lot of guests that we have coming in here, they're coming for the food. Um, They're not necessarily coming for the beer. So, you know, figuring out ways to educate those guests, get beers in those guests' hands and getting them coming back, not just for the food, but for the beer as well. Um, That, that's, I don't know if I'd call it a challenge, but that's always something fun that, you know, we're always working on, you know, just building the beer culture as well as the food culture. Well, it's interesting because you you had sales experience and you you were given that choice of you know do you want to get into sales or or, or or into the brewing and uh you took the path you did but then that sales experience I would guess probably helps you a lot because you're you're probably having to sell you know you're I mean not sell them but you know educate and fire up your folks internally about why the beer's great and why you're doing the new malt liquor or whatever I see I mean there's there's a lot of salesmanship that comes along with that too just persuasion and keeping people excited and fired up to go out and educate your guests i would imagine oh yeah tons and that's where my front of house experience works really well too yeah. because you know when i worked at zolo it was all tequila and mezcal so i really learned how to get people who didn't like think they liked tequila i got them to like tequila nice. so you know i can go out and talk to my staff at a pre-shift about this malt liquor and i can figure out ways to get them to get that beer into their customers hands and to get their guests to enjoy it and order another one yeah so I think the sales helped, but also my front ass experience really helps while, you know, working in this brew pub because um, I have that floor experience. Did it for 11 years. I know how to talk to tables. So now I know how to talk to the servers who are talking to the tables. Um, yep. It's it's nice. It's nice. I loved working front of house. Um, so it's nice that I can still do that because um, the, there is a small part of me that has a passion and, you know, serving tables and just, you know, making guests supremely enjoy their experience and just taking care of them yeah man for sure for sure um let me ask you this so you've been with this group for a while now and and you're part you know as we said a a part of a a great group that's given you lots of opportunities to grow it sounds like which is great and that's what everybody wants what would you say to people that are uh getting into the restaurant business that um you know are, are looking for restaurant jobs or trying to find good groups to be a part of places where you know, folks that are not just doing it, you know, as a side gig to get through school, or whatever, but people that really want to invest into a career in the business, what advice do you have for things that people should look for? Because you've you certainly found a lot of that in your experience, I think. Yeah, I mean, just, you know, things I would look for and things that I found with Big Red F, um, it's just that respect in that culture. You know, I, I felt respected as a 23-year-old server. Mm-hmm. Um from my management and my owners. Um, as long as I came in and worked hard, uh, I, I always found that respect. And with that came that autonomy and that uh, independence. Cause you know, you want to find someone who's going to let you um, kind of express yourself um, regardless of what that is, whether that's in the kitchen or whether that's behind the bar, um, it, you know, just basically having that support. Um, I think having um, the ownership and the management um, be a huge, huge support is 
vital because if you don't feel support from them, um, you're not going to care as much about your job. Um, but when, you know, it's family and it feels like family, it's not just, oh, I didn't do my job. It's, oh, I didn't do my job and I really let my family down. Yeah. So yeah. I think looking for those things, I mean, that's, that's, that's what made me latch on to Zolo so much is there was such a culture and a friendship with everybody there, um, you know, on a busy night. If someone needed help, it wasn't, oh, my coworker needs help. It was, oh, my buddy needs help. I need to help my friend. I need to help my family. So I think just looking for that kind of support and that kind of culture is the biggest thing that I would look for. Um, because with that, it comes you holding yourself accountable. And with that comes you working hard. And many doors will open when that happens. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, I know you're... Uh... I know you're busy. I think you're. I think you said you're walking around working while we're doing this, which is freaking I, awesome. What that actually makes me wonder, like, what is a typical? Your days probably vary a lot, but you know, what does a normal day look like for you? Are you spending a lot of your like? What are you doing most of the time? So most of the time is you know it's a it's a ten barrel system. Okay. Um, so each each batch I brew yields about twenty kegs. Um, it's a one man show here, so you know today. I'm moving beer from a fermenter to a serving vessel so we can carbonate it and then keg it and then, you know, get it ready to pour. Um, and then tomorrow I'm going to fill that tank, that fermentation vessel back up with a beer. So tomorrow's a brew day. Uh, the day after that we filter, you know, there's keg days on down days. You're doing a lot of cleaning. Um, and then there's, you know, the front of house component too, um, creating resources for my staff, creating resources for staff of the other post restaurants and the other bigger at F restaurants um, giving brewery tours to our other locations. Um, you know, when I'm not doing physical work in here, it's either planning or it's some sort of educational resource, um, or training that I'm trying to do. Um, so I, I can still use that front of house and that sales, um, ambassador role and, you know, go down to Denver to one of our accounts or go to one of our other post locations. So, yeah, it's every week's a little bit different here, and it's a good mix of um, physical labor, um, the creative side of your brain, the math and science side of your brain, critical thinking, problem solving. It really works every part of your brain and body. So it's pretty cool. Dude, that's awesome, Nick. Um, yeah. Well, is there anything before I let you go? Is there anything else you wanted to wrap about or anything um, I didn't ask that you no, wanted? I don't, I, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, the main thing that I wanted to touch on um, was just the the bigger F culture and the bigger F um, you know support and stance on you know being a being a giant family and how much that has helped me. Um, you know, I, I think if I joined another restaurant group um, that opened a brewery, I don't know if my path would have been the same. Yeah, um, I don't know if I'd be head brewer uh, at one of our locations. Um, but just walking into the culture, I did. And having that resonate with me, um, yeah, I mean, that kind of got me where I was going. And that that's pretty much was my main thing that I wanted to, you know, tell to you. Well, you know, this is really good. I've, I've really enjoyed – this is awesome because – so, you know, mostly I think a lot of the listeners on this podcast are other restaurant owners or they're aspiring owners – uh, and then sometimes staff as well. But, you know, one of the great things is hearing that perspective from you, how important it is for owners to develop that kind of culture and that cultivate that feeling of family 
uh, treating staff with that amount of respect and all the things that you've articulated so well is just such a critical part because, frankly, it's very hard. I hear from so many owners now, it's very hard to find and keep good people now. But you all have done a great job of that, and it, and it appears to me that that's just a big big part of it. I mean, Dave talks about this stuff, um, but it's clear that it's not, that it's, you know, it's clear that it's authentic and that it's executed on really well there. Cause a lot of people talk about that, but then, you know, to hear that coming from you is really refreshing and inspiring. So I really appreciate you taking the time to share all this and man, you've clearly got a lot of passion for what you do and it just rings out in your voice. Just listen, you talk about it. So, um, Thank you, man. I really enjoyed talking to you very much, and I appreciate you taking the time. Of course. I appreciate it, too. This was fun. All right, man. All right, thanks, Nick. Have a good one. We'll talk again soon. All right, you too. Take care. All right, bye. Bye.